Shut up and sit down. Welcome, everybody, to episode 286 of Third Shift, and I am one of your hosts, the Tarnished, the Wretched Eric. (laughs) I'm here today to introduce you to one individual. He is the other individual that's always on the show, and he is the Tarnished, the Dark One, also the Wretched Mr. Matt. Hey Matt, well, I am the Elden King. No, I am you're wearing not. all the you... Elden rings. I am the glorious. <laughs> I am the most glorious. We man. just talked about it. It's a lie. We will see who's going to stick to this game, become the Elden King, Matt. Because I don't know. We just said it. It's a wild card, fifty-fifty mm-hmm. chance. Who's going to stick to it? Who's going to actually play through it all the way and become the Elden King, gathering up all the ruins, restoring the ring, bringing yourself back to grace? Will it be you? Will it be me? Will it be Shay? I don't know. Will it be a million other people and not, not us? us? It'll be literally everyone else, but not it's us. It's possible. It is possible. But by golly, we're in the race. We're in it. We we stuck the rowboats in the water. We grabbed those oars, and we're about to rock and roll. We're about to go. <laughs> I feel like this is like when you go to the gym for the first time, and you immediately turn the corner. You're like, okay, I'm going to do some cardio and stuff. And you see that like 400 pound dude at like the squat rack oh, yeah. who's just like, ripped. I feel like th- this is us. We're we're walking into the gym, and it's just full of those dudes. Uh-huh. There's like there's no scrawny people like us. There's no overweight people like us. It's just it's just monsters. Yeah, bunch of white bat gorillas, and we're just these silver scrubs, the, silverbacks, silver hey, whatever silverback gorillas, and we're just these old little scrub orangutans coming in, acting like we're gonna do something. King Louis orangutans. <laughs> just, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Oh my goodness, we are on the the eve of getting our shot. And of course, I want to talk about the Dice Awards a little bit, because we're going to miss them, because it's like 11 tonight. But it doesn't matter. It's all relevant. We got to talk about that later, because before we do anything, hey man, how's the week been? What are you What are you doing? What's going on? What's been happening? I don't even know. Looking back on it, I feel like it was actually a pretty good week, because over the past week, I obviously went and saw a play over at the Williamson Theater, because I see plays all the time. I'm in the play bucket. That's what I do. play called Nine Parts of Desire. It was This was one was a strange one, because, I mean, it was, it was a one-person show. She takes the roles of, like, nine women throughout history, and the performance was phenomenal. She was amazing. It's one of those things where, you know, you can literally see the tears running down her face as she's acting, doing this part, and then... Like kind of the lights go down and she switches to the other role and takes this other emotional roller coaster. It made me appreciative and like it blew my mind. Like you had to do this 20, 30 times, however many shows they did in total, probably more than that, like three or four, like two each day for four days. And then however many weeks that ran, I have to imagine like to even do the second show, you'd have to like go and lay down and get yourself pumped back up. I don't know. But that was incredible. But the, the the story and like the plot and the things that happened were so kind of alien to my experience that it was hard to get into. But it was just it was incredible watching that performance and seeing what all went into it, which was so that was really cool. Didn't do anything else on the real life front other than work and blah 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 and all that stuff. So on the video game front, 
I'm still playing Gen Dark. I'm a PS Vita, having a good time doing tactical battles. I ran into my least favorite thing in the world in one battle in that game where I'm kicking butt. My units are moving in. I'm trashing the enemies. And then, oh, surprise, enemy reinforcements. Eight units, literally right on the front lines. Oh, my people are getting massacred. Hang on. Restart battle. And then I found out later there's a second wave that comes like in the exact same spot. I hate when stuff does that. If you're going to have units, put them off on the side, like reinforcements. Hey, once you get through this wave, then you got to deal with those. But it was just like, I'm dealing with this wave. On top of it, immediate damage. Ugh, terrible. But the game is a lot of fun. Been having a bunch of fun with it. Other than that, one stage where that happened... I don't know. It's just a blast. I love tactics and grids and units. It's been feeling really good to get back into that. Another thing I got back into was Final Fantasy 1, the Pixel Remaster. I streamed once or twice over the past week. And the last stream, I was going to do like an hour or two, and then stuff just kept rolling. I got through that dungeon. Oh, that dungeon didn't take long, and it wasn't even hard. Let me go through the other dungeon. Oh, yeah. Let me go through the other... Oh, this other dungeon. It's the last dungeon. Okay, here I go. And I beat that game, and it was a ton of fun. And I sat here afterwards, and I went, all right, what do I want to do now? Maybe I'll take a break from that. Went and got lunch, went and took a rest, came back and went, all I really want to do is play this some more. So I jumped back in Final Fantasy 1, 100% completed it, because I got all the Steam achievements, all the stuff, maxed out the bestiary, got all the treasure chests, did everything. And then even after that, I went, what do I want to do next? Well, I want to start up Final Fantasy II Pixel Remaster. So I did a quick stream of that, and I told Eric this before the show. That game is so damn weird. It's notoriously weird. People have heard about it all throughout history. There's not traditional XP. There's not traditional levels. You increase your stats and your skills based on doing things that are associated with those stats. So to get your strength up, you hit enemies with melee weapons. To get your HP up, you take HP damage. So when enemies aren't hitting you, well, how are you going to increase your HP? You're going to hit your own characters with your own characters. And so after the stream, when I was still trying to figure out how this all worked, I went and did that for half an hour, 45 minutes, and stats are just jumping up. And it's just the weirdest thing. Like, I'm sure if you just played through it and had trouble with battles, so you did get hit a lot, maybe your stats would, you know, progress normally, but... I don't know. It felt like nothing was happening, so I made stuff happen, which feels weird because I'm doing the stuff that I'm not supposed to do in any other game. It's very weird and very strange, but this one does have an actual story with characters, like, you know, characters that interact. Your party, your party members are talking to the other characters you meet. So I'm kind of excited to see where this all goes. I know the basic story, like, hey, there's an evil empire, you are the rebels, and you gotta fight. And I know there's ups and downs and loopsy whoops. So I'm excited for that. But I'm not really excited for anything else except the thing that's coming out tomorrow. So that's it for me this week. I didn't play much of anything else. I played a little bit of Skull but couldn't get into it. I booted up something on my PS5 and couldn't get into that either. So that's it for me. What about you, Eric? Well, I went out into the real world, Matt, and I watched Uncharted. And God bless, man, what a good time. What a good time. That movie is the just center of stupid, let's go eat popcorn, let's have a pop or in my case, a Frosty, and just enjoy a show. Because Tom Holland and Wahlberg, they were just jiving together, having a good time, making stupid jokes, going back and forth. And then Chloe, 
She was just phenomenal. What a cool, fun character. And the way they just interacted, it just felt good. Like, there was nothing groundbreaking in that movie. You know what I mean? There was like, oh my God, whoa, whoa. But just them together having fun, it felt good. It felt right. The production value, you know, the money spent, everything else, it was all there. Every set piece, everything was smooth, looked good. Big old, big old, you know, action scenes. And the one you all know, you know, with the plane and he's trying to get back in. It starts out with that and then comes back to it later in the movie, which is a lot of fun. And then, of course, everything that happened in between. And then unraveling the mystery of, of course, Tom Holland's brother, you know, just a lot of fun. I mean, I went in knowing to myself that, you know, I wasn't going to be like, oh, man, oh, I really got to sit down and ponder this movie. And as long as you go in knowing it's just fun, a fun popcorn flick, it gave and delivered precisely that. And it shows, because as you've all seen probably by now, they've announced that the movie was a complete success. It was like over $41 million over the weekend. Everyone's like, thumbs up, go see the show, it's a great time. And I've never played an Uncharted in my life, so I don't even, that's the best part, I think, honestly, is I don't even have to be like, well, I don't think Nathan Drake would have done this, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I've never played the games, never going to play the games. I just get to go enjoy this show and learn a little bit about them. That's true. And I am in the same boat. I've never played one. I probably never will at this point. But it just, it, it felt weird when I first saw the trailer. I haven't seen it yet either. But I'm like, Mark Wahlberg should be Nathan Drake and Sully should be, some other I don't character. know, Sam Elliott or somebody, some, some older person. Because yeah. it's seeing, hey, I'm Nathan Drake. You literally just saw me as a high schooler, Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. That seemed weird, but... Knowing that it is a fun time, I mean, it doesn't look like anything other than a fun time, so that's cool. And and the story does show that it's early days for Nathan. You know what I mean? That's true, like true. Yeah. it's the beginning of his journey, and the same with Sully. And of course, everyone's like, "Where's Sully's mustache and stuff?" And you know what? Just go see the show, and maybe I don't know. Maybe you'll be okay. I don't know. Can't tell you. I'll just tell you. Maybe you'll be all right. Hashtag not my Sully. He's got to grow that mustache. Hashtag man. maybe a, maybe a mustache grows. I don't know. Do mustaches grow on men sometimes? I don't know. Mystery to us all. I want that to be the story of the movie. Starts off clean shaven. In the next scene, he's got a little. <laughs> he's got a little stuff. bit. He's got a little bit scruff. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and as it goes, everything progresses. Had a good time with it. I'm glad I saw it. What a wonderful day it was. I'll tell you what. I went to a theater I don't typically go to anymore, and I uh, went and saw it in the. Ex- the extreme theater nice yeah and yeah. Uh, man those seats were comfortable i'll tell you what they were way more comfortable than the theater i go to nowadays that has even bigger seats but because there's a lot of people who uh, just abuse the system and or are large or whatever the case is the seats are breaking down these seats weren't breaking down they were nice and soft still and supple and comfortable and i went these are the seats that were the seats that i go to at the theater way back before they got broken in and destroyed by people wow this feels great so, side tangent. It's a great time. I recommend you go see it. Uncharted, you can't you can't go wrong. Just enjoy. Have a pop, have some popcorn. Eat some of them Sour Patch Kids. Get the old gums, you know, the gums in the side of your mouth all ripped up and torn and, and sad. You're going to enjoy it. And, of course, on the video game front, as Matt said last week, it doesn't count. But I don't care. I was playing Lost Ark. I played some more Lost Ark this week. Playing with my uh, 
Right, I'll allow it, Eric. I'll, I'll allow, allow it. it right now. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. You, you know, I saw I saw your eyes go down. I saw your sad face come on. You know, you, you can be happy because you're enjoying a thing, Eric. Enjoying a thing. That's what we talked about. That's, that's right. the thing of the Just year. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And I have been enjoying it, but it has been a casual game. Uh, I feel like MMOs for me, it's over. I can't 100 percent get into an MMO anymore because. Just what it entails and what it what you have to do to stay inside of it. I don't have that time anymore because there's too many like good actual regular old video games to get in, you know invested in. So I'm like, this is great and I'm having a good time. But I explain to the individual whom I'm playing with, I'm like, all right, this will be like a two day every week. Me and you get on for like an hour or two and we'll have some fun. I'll level up. You go do what you want. Get yourself a main character. Have fun. Get a guild. I'll join the guild on my side character. Enjoy the rating, enjoy what Lost Ark has for you, and then when I get on, me and you will just, you know, play with me and my character and catch up, and I'll slowly but surely over time experience the the in-game dungeons, the in-game raids, in-game PvP, all that good stuff, but I'm going to do it casually with no strings attached, no pressure to, oh, I better get on, you know, and, and start leveling. And uh, the individual I play with was like, yeah, that's cool. totally cool. You know, don't worry about me. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'll make sure I set aside this character and I'll only log on that character whenever you're on. So that way we have somebody to roll with. And that's what we've done. And it's perfect. It's exactly what I want. Because I love Lost Ark. It's got that Diablo feel, but an MMO feel. I've already talked about it mixed together. But without that pressure, it feels great. Because I'm not like, well, uh, you know, it's typical. Oh man, I see, I see he's on, or I see those two are on. Maybe like it has been with Destiny. Oh, oh, I should probably get on there. I mean, they're on, but I really want to just go play this game. I don't have that with this. It's like, nah, I want to go play Horizon Forbidden West. Yep, that's what I'm gonna do. Don't care. I'll get on when I get on, and and we'll continue on with our adventure in Lost Ark. So having a good time with it. It's not, it's not aggravating me or, or screwed me over in any way, shape, or form, and that's what I like. You know, speaking of uh, casual MMOs, Eric, you know, I was I was on Steam the other day. That's where that's where Final Fantasy Pixel remasters are. And I saw, man, what's this giant Steam ad that's like right in my face? Oh, there's a big expansion for Star Wars: The Old Republic. Oh man, that's totally free to play now. It Maybe is. I should jump back into that. Ha, hmm, ha. Mm. Do I even remember my login? Doesn't matter. I could start a whole new character and do all the cool stuff that I was doing in that game. Oh, man. I did a few dungeons in that game. We rolled up and did that stuff. Ah, Tempting. Tempting. I was an OG raider. We were one of the first guilds to beat any of the raids back when that game Mm -hmm. came out. So I got a a rich history with Star Wars The Old Republic. I wouldn't mind playing that again. Maybe that's a possibility, Matt. Maybe. Maybe if this see, when, other when title. We, when we fail at this next thing we're going to play, <laughs> we'll get back into that. Just we'll never talk about the other thing yeah, ever We'll again. just let it die out like it never happened. I, I yes. appreciate that. I'm down with that. So, of course, with Lost Ark, I've been playing this game. Horizon Forbidden West, man. God, I knew it was going to get me, and it did. What a fantastic just title. Getting back in there with Aloy, it starts you off. You're still you know, with the Karja and all those Yahoos and Meridian. And you're like, oh, I saved the day. And they're like, yeah, you did save the day. And then you're like, oh, but there's this problem. Things are happening. I'm not going to go into just, you know any kind of detail. But anywho, you have to go explore this new area. So you go to this different little area. And it's like, oh, well, you know, to get to here, you got to you gotta make this thing happen. 
So you're trying to make this thing happen, a bunch of quests, and a little, like, mini opening area opens up. You know, that, hey, welcome to the world, we're going to kind of teach you what the hell's going on if you didn't play the game. But if you've played the game, it's still totally fun, and still totally explorable. The one thing I'll say as a negative in this one is that uh, if you haven't played the game recently, or at all, it's kind of pushy. Uh, they they reintroduce like a lot of your old school weapons, you know, the rope caster, the the bombs, uh, the hunter bow, the flame bow, the the long shot bow, the sharpshooter bow, all that really fast. And they're just like, hey, here's all all these things you could use. And maybe they did it in the original, but I, I don't think they did, and I don't remember it. I remember your weapons kind of just casually coming to you slowly but surely. And you were able to like learn that weapon and learn what it did. And then, oh, hey, but here's this new one you can try. And this one, no. It's like, hey, here's like eight of your weapons that you used to use. Here they all are. Here you go. And me, having not played in a long time, I'm like, oh, I, I know what these weapons are. But, oh, my God, I don't feel like sitting here and trying to figure out how to use them all again right now. Let me just use my, you know, my, my mid-range bow, my long-range bow. We'll call it a day. And then... I eased myself into traps, but then I'm finding, like, right now that traps aren't as practical as they used to be. Uh, you can only put, like, two of them out at a time, and then that's that's it. It's capped out. And the enemies in this one, they, you know, they got some HP, so those traps aren't doing anything to them. So it's like, well, why even bother the traps? Because now they're all alerted that I'm there. Why not just go ahead and try to stealth strike as many as I can, and then sharpshoot as many as I can, and then, of course, finish them off. So... The dynamic of Horizon has changed from what the original was. And for someone who hasn't played in a long time, them reintroducing everything at once was kind of like offsetting and like, oh, kind of overwhelming. But at the same time, appreciative because if you had a playstyle, it kind of lets you just get back into that playstyle. Except for, as I just said, they changed it up. Now you can only do two traps. Back in the day, you could just set like a thousand traps, lead them through like 50 traps. They die, you win. It's, you know, whatever you want to do, you could do. So it's it's like, hey, here's all the things you love, except for we changed them up. So it might not be what you thought it was. So make sure you're paying attention and be careful. I'm like, well, that's cool. But at the same time, kind of frustrating. So me in the process right now of relearning like, what works, what doesn't, what kind of goes well together, what doesn't go to well, what doesn't go to well together, and then of course getting used to using the flames, the lightning, the acid, the purge water, whatever the hell they call it, against different enemy types. It's a, it's a little learning curve, and I find myself wanting to kind of like revert back and just to no, I'll just hide in this brush, throw rocks, get them to come over to me, <laughs> stab them, stealth kill, ah, uh, whatever that worked. I'll wait here for seven minutes. Wait till they come over. Stealth kill. That worked. There we go. What little I played of the original, that's what I ended up doing. I was just like, because I, I feel like you're right. You didn't get a lot like all at once, mm-hmm. but you got a fair amount. Like you got the traps and you got the, I don't even remember what they were. I had like three or four options and I, I did that exact same thing. I went, well, but if I just sneak from bush to bush, eventually, you know, you do the scan thing and here's their pattern. I'm just going to go hide by this side of it. Stab. All right, where's the other one? Can I get him to come over this bush? Rocks, rocks. Stab. 
I did it. Hooray. Yay. And I feel like that's a cheap way to play. But then the other route I end up taking is where I just, I go all out. I go in there. You just and, go nuts. And, yeah. I, and I'm pretty good with the bow. So I'm over here headshotting, you know, hitting weak points, throwing off their canisters, busting off their armor. And I win. But I feel like that's cheap too. I'm yeah, like, yeah. well, I didn't utilize anything but just the standard mid-range bow. I'm just like shooting folks left and right, producing like 4,000 arrows to do it. And I'm like, well, this doesn't feel like a play style either. This feels just like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to shoot people with arrows until I win. So I'm like, God. So I'm just trying to find that groove again. You know, I remember I used to love rope casting. I'd throw the rope on them, get them all hinged down, then I'd bust their weak spots out and kill them. I'm like, well, maybe we'll get that back into play. But I kind of don't feel like doing that this time. I was like, I really wanted to go traps this time. But with the two trap limit and the weak amount of damage it does, it does a nice stun, but it doesn't really do a lot of damage. I'm like, so I'm kind of up in the air. But anywho, I got out of the intro area. I'm in the actual Forbidden West now. I've done my very first giraffe, you know, tall neck as they call them. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, just opening it up and seeing what the hell's going on. And the fact that after uh, getting the tall neck, you know, tall neck activated, it just unloaded like a billion side quests and a billion unknown areas, as well as what I already had from side quests coming into there. It's so exciting. Like everywhere I go, it's just, hey, Hey, come over here. Do this side thing. Go do this side thing. Go do this side thing. And the coolest thing, and I won't go into much more detail, but I'll just say the the coolest thing of all is instead of just through levels, you get skill points. Through doing side quests, main quests, everything, you get skill points and experience. So it behooves you to go do all these awesome, cool, you know, unknown locations, side quests, things like that. Because it's like, boom, skill point, boom, skill point, boom, skill point. And now you're going in whatever trees you want, which is like the hunter tree, the infiltration tree, the machine master tree, the trap tree, the melee tree. You go down those, you're busting open all these different skills. And then, of course, once again, creating your own play style through that, which I'm in the hunter infiltrator right now. And I'm like, well... I'm so deep in, I'm going to keep going. But, of course, it's just reinforcing that, hey, I'll just hide here. and Maybe he's instantly dead because I do all this bonus damage when I get a stealth kill. So why wouldn't I do that? But, anywho, it is cool. It is really neat. And by doing all those side quests, it's definitely making me feel like I should spend those points and not really be worried about it because it's going to end up fine anyway. Because if I keep doing all these unknown areas and side quests, I'm going to be able to open up, like, four of those brackets, like, all the way and basically become a master of anything and everything I could possibly want to do in this game. And that feels pretty good. Not to mention the graphics, the music, everything you've already heard. Just fantastic. I definitely recommend getting some Horizon on because it is it is a lot of fun. Two things. One, what I have seen of this game, it's like unbelievably gorgeous. Mm-hmm. When I watch it, I'm like, there's no way that's like a real game. I like know. it feels it feels like when you watch like, you know, hey, they're playing this on the high end PC, but you can't play it on PC, it's just on PS5. So it's like it's like a real game on a real console that I real own in my real house. Whenever I see footage of it, I'm shocked by what I'm looking at. But then the second part is, you know, you sent me the alert, hey, in about five minutes we'll be ready to do the show. And I went, okay. That's just enough time to watch a Horizon review so I can hear some of this stuff and it'll it'll click or I'll be able to say, hey, man, this thing that they mentioned in the review sounds really cool. And you'll go, oh, man, it is cool or not. Pull up Horizon review, IGN, 15 minutes. Okay, they're not the only review people in the world. Horizon review, 18 minutes. Horizon, no bullshit review, 23 minutes. 
no, there's a lot of bullshit in that review, dude. Come on. I found one that was seven minutes, but by that time you were calling me on the friggin' Discord. It was just baffling. It's all too long. I don't have a quarter of an well, hour just, to As sit you here. heard, though, it's like there's so much to unpack, you know, so much good, so much not bad, but just different and just all in between. And I'll tell you what, every time you're doing anything, man, you're right. The graphics, it's just like, holy crap. And it's so colorful, yeah, too. Like beautiful. It's just, it just pops. Everything's just popping, looking gorgeous. As you should know, playing the previous Horizon, they constantly provide you with like plateaus and, and huge mountainscapes where you can stand above it all and just look down upon everything you can go look at and explore and just, uh, and then you want to. You know, I see it. I'm like, oh my God, look at that valley over there. That's going to be all sorts of stuff to check out there. You know what? Rappel down. Oops, set a marker. I'm heading that direction. Because when I go over there, guess what? You know what it's going to do. It's going to lock a bunch of question marks, little things over here, to things, points of interest, and away I go. Hey, did you want to waste two hours, Matt? You can do that. Just randomly go in that direction. There'll be two hours of random things to do to waste two hours of your life playing this game, getting more skill points and getting stronger, getting resources to go back to those villages and back to those towns to get them to build you the better bow, the better freaking tripcaster, the better whatever it is you want. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. This game's fantastic. It's the perfect, perfect way to go spend and waste tons of hours and time. But if you don't have tons of hours to waste on some giant-ass game, another giant-ass open-world game, when another one's coming like right behind it, like tomorrow as we're recording this, why not play a game that's not going to take you a bunch of time, that doesn't have the biggest, shiniest, most badass graphics, but has very unique presentation and game style and everything. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Voice of Cards, The Forsaken Maiden. Matt, you just talked about Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars like four months ago. What's happening here? Hey, it's another entry in the Voice of Cards series. I mean, it's sort of a sequel, but the stories are completely unrelated. In this one, it takes place kind of on an archipelago, bunch of little islands. Each island has its own maiden that has to do this ritual so that bad stuff doesn't happen you come across an island hey that ritual didn't happen there's bad stuff happening here so you got to go around with the maiden that you meet she's actually not a maiden she's been forsaken she couldn't do the thing so now she doesn't have a voice you got to go around to these islands solving problems doing things in that voice card style and if you don't remember what voice cards is or it's your first time hearing about it It's like a tabletop RPG, kind of, but everything is cards. Like every piece of terrain you go on, it's a card that flips over once you visit it and you see what type of terrain it is. Every character is a card. Every character you meet, every character in your party, it's on a card. Every ability that that character has is a card. Every battle that you have, as you're looking out at this this array of cards that is the terrain and the world map. When you run across a random battle, a whole nother table topper piece comes out, and then you have your battle on that in traditional turn-based JRPG mechanics. But it's all, everything's physical. Everything's, you can see it on the table. You kind of, when your character attacks, that card comes up and does like a whoosh, it like turns sideways and acts like the character on it is doing a slash, and then there's visual and sound effects for the other card. Like if you cast fire on a card and that enemy dies, the card kind of it burns up, it goes away. Lots of really cool presentation stuff like this. And if you don't remember the original or have never heard about it before, it's all presented by like a narrator or a DM type of character who tells you what your characters are doing. He voices the lines that your characters are speaking. 
in this one, it is a different narrator. He's kind of got a more playful tone. He's not quite so serious as the one in the first game. So you get a similar presentation, but you get a completely different story, completely new characters. The story apparently goes to some really dark and crazy places. You get a new narrator that kind of throws a whole new spin on stuff. You get some new abilities. Now you can have link-up attacks where you and this other character, you both either do a similar attack or like a join-up attack, and sometimes it varies based on who initiates it. There apparently are like a side card game inside of this card game that you can play in the towns that you visit, so you can do more stuff with NPC towns that you run across. Another thing that I heard in... One of the reviews that I read that I'm not sure was in the original, like I said, everything is presented as cards that are in front of you on a table. But if your characters get hit with a status effect that makes them weak to electricity, your card will get wet. If your characters get hit with a status effect that makes them weak to fire, it'll be like oil gets dripped or spilled on the card. So like the the physical items in this digital game are affected physically by the things that happen to them. It's so cool and so crazy. This character uses their blade to slash the other one and that enemy dies. That card gets cut in half and it blows off into the wind. There's nothing else like this series. I've heard that this one, like I said, the story is a lot more in-depth and goes to crazier places, but the gameplay is still fairly basic and fairly easy. You know, a lot of reviewers weren't saying that they had any kind of trouble with any of the battles. Even the boss battles are pretty easy. But another review called this a cozy RPG series. Kind of sitting by a fire with a blanket over you, drinking a mug of cocoa. And you just want to have a, a fairly easygoing RPG experience that's presented like literally nothing else. Literally someone is telling you a story and you're going through it. It's like having your own personal DM. He'd made this story for you. You're going through it. He's guiding you through. And then, you know, you're making choices with battles and certain actions and rolling dice and all that stuff. So if that sounds good to you, a more easygoing experience that isn't going to last you 700 hours like all the rest of these crazy games, if you just want a smaller, bite-sized experience for a smaller, bite-sized price, check out Voice of Cards, either the first one or this one, The Forsaken Maiden. I'm definitely thinking about checking it out. Watch some gameplay of it and the music. It was just hitting right. You know, it felt good. It just brought back all sorts of memories of playing, you know, the near and I was like, oh, I got to do this. I got to get on board with this. And now that you just said that especially the second one's more just easy peasy, you know, just going through and having a good time. I'm like, yep, that's what I want. I don't want to sit here and, and have this like super detailed card game battle system where I've got to actually pay attention, think about every move I'm making. Nope. I just want to have a, a traditional old school fun RPG time, especially after watching you stream you know, Final Fantasy the other day, I'm like, I miss that. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, but it ain't hard. It's just that right spot of just, hey, just pay attention to what you're doing. You're going to win. Everything's going to be okay. And away you go. It's all those mechanics that you know and have known forever. Forever. It's just kind of, you're going back home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that just sounds great to me. It sounds right. And I would tell you about a game this week, but Matt said that my wasting all this huff and bluff on the horizon kind of counts as my game of the week, but it also ties into what we were originally, or and I was originally going to discuss, was Elden Ring, but we're going to discuss that later. So it's kind of a, hey, what I was going to say, we'll say later, so we'll break right in 
to a couple little tidbits you guys need to know this week. And one, since we're talking about the voice of cards and we're talking about Nier, I'm going to say right now, guess what? Aniplex Studios is going to be making a Nier Automata freaking anime, Matt. And if you don't know Aniplex, they've done, uh, you know... Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, which I hear is amazing. Never been my jam. I don't know why I can't get into it. Agreed. But Sword Art Online, I did get into and I did love to death. So Aniplex has a storied history with some really cool anime, and I'm all about it. So I've got high hopes for this. What do you think? Well, first of all, I know so I've watched something from Aniplex because I know their little yeah Aniplex Aniplex. Mm-hmm. So I've seen something by them, and I've seen it like all the way through. Otherwise, it wouldn't have stuck in my brain. I just can't remember what the hell it is. So obviously, they do make some kind of good anime because I know them. Mm-hmm. But when I saw this, I was very excited because. I love Nier Automata like nothing else. I loved it so much. I told you so much about it and got you into it, and you loved it too. But I'm also sort of, I don't know, it's weird because like the Persona 5 anime, when that was coming up, I was so excited for it, and I never watched it. I watched like three episodes, but that was it, yeah. So I'm afraid that that's what this will be too. Like I'll start watching it and go, yeah, yeah, I remember this, and then drop off. Or just I'll go, yeah, but... I'd be worried that this would like take the place of my memories of the awesome and incredible thing that I went through. So I don't know. I'm excited for it because the story needs to be told and expanded upon and shared to more people. So if this will do that, that's awesome. But how are you going to get that ending that the end piece that you can only do in a game? You can't do that here. So it's going to be great because I love the story and I love the characters and all that stuff. But the best part, you can't do in an anime. You can't yeah. do it. That part's going to be difficult to pull off. However, what I will say is the difference for me is the Persona 5, you're, you're dead on. Like, we have lots of memories of Persona 5, you know. And the way that went, that's the way it is. That's my life. That's Persona. Mm-hmm. Whereas the anime went in different routes and chose different things. And that's fine, but it wasn't my persona. And I was worried, I was, just like you said, I was like, no, I don't want this taking over my experience of persona. So I kind of dropped off because I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't choose to hang out with these people. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do this. And I, but for me, Nier doesn't have that. Nier doesn't have all these different choices you can make and, and all these really personalized story bits that kind of make it what it is. It's it's pretty streamlined. You're going to go through the story you know, and you're going to encounter the characters and it's going to be what it is for the most part. And that gives me the hope that, you know, I'm going to enjoy this and really like it and not be like, whoa, 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 that's not, that's not what, you know, 2B does. That's not what 9S does. No, it's because it is. They always do that. That's true. I mean, from, from that perspective, I just mean like the gameplay feel of it was mm-hmm. so unique and especially that thing at the end that I always say that I'm never going to spoil ever. But I feel like if I watch it, it's not going to feel the same. Because there are, there are little bits of there. Like, I leveled up this weapon. I wore that costume. My pod and you're right. looked like I that. I was always wearing certain costumes and weapons. So I, I feel like, just from a story perspective, you're right. It'll feel just like you're going through the story, which is phenomenal anyway. But I'm going to miss that. Like, this is how I played. Those are the attacks that I used. This is how I built. But it, it should be fun. I will definitely start watching it. And if it hooks, if it hooks me, it hooks me because Anaplex does good stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm cautiously optimistic. Cautiously How about that? Optimistic. Bringing that one back oh, from 50 episodes God. ago. <laughs> uh, I'm optimistic. 
I think they're going to do a good job with it. I think it's going to be definitely worth watching. Will I finish it all the way through? Probably because I'm an anime crazy person nowadays, but we'll see. We'll see. It's just up in the air. Who even knows when it's coming out? Uh, I don't think they gave dates or anything like that. So this could be like a f- late 2023. Who the hell knows? I could be dead by the time this thing even comes out. You're lucky this is based on a game because otherwise I would I would cut all this from the podcast. You wouldn't even know about it. We would have still talked about it. I would just cut it. Eric's on an anime bender again, but no. it's one of the best games that we've exactly. played ever. We've got to bring so, it up. Yeah. It has to be brought up. It's it, We've talked too much about Nier Automata or Automata. Don't I, say that. I listened to more people today. <laughs> I was watching Voice of Cards with, who from Nier Automata's director, blah, blah, blah. No. No, it's near Automata. Stop it, everyone. Everyone else in the world, I know you know. Everyone else in the world who doesn't know, that's how you pronounce it. Stop saying it yeah. wrong. I, I just love it when they say it wrong. It just it provides me with a giggle. It makes me feel happy. It's <laughs> it feels like I'm getting punched in the ear when I hear it. Because I was I was listening to something and doing something else, and they went automata. And I went, no. Ah, oh, ah, no. oh, I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> yep, I get you. Trust me. I understand. But, of course, leading in that, speaking of hearing things through your old ears, Matt, we heard a little thing through our ears on IGN First, which was an interview with Ashley Birch about, of course, the upcoming Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. But I will say it was a fun interview. Don't get me wrong. Yes. It, was, it was a fun yes. interview. But I didn't really, we didn't really learn much about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. So it was more just about... Uh, her experience with D&D and some of her uh, roles and things she did with Critical Role and um, it's the actual show she's in um, that I wanted to watch and never did. Oh, that's what the clips were from. Yes. Because I was looking and I was like, what show is this that mythical, she's in? Cause... Mythical Quest or something like that? I don't remember. Okay. I, I don't know because you know, I watched Ashley Birch on Hey Ash, What You Playing years upon years upon years ago on game trailers mm-hmm. or whatever site it was hosted on, Screw Attack. I don't even remember. But I I loved watching that show, and then to see her like become a real person in the real industry, getting voice acting jobs in the biggest games that are out all over the biggest stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I like supporting her because I feel like you know you've kind of watched her grow. So seeing that she's in some show, I definitely have to check that out. But I agree, there wasn't much. Well, there wasn't much here for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Really, it had a weird feel to it i guess yeah like i said it didn't really feel like anything made with tiny tina's wonderlands in mind it just felt like kind of like a weird little offshoot interview with with ashley birch which is fine and cool and she also gave some really cool tips on it you know if you wanted to pursue like voice acting yes that's uh, true and things like that just uh just getting yourself in check and understanding that uh with voice acting comes the knowledge and the need to know what like real acting is if you want to be a good voice actor as well, but also not, not having to be able to do a thousand voices to be good. You know, that, you know, some fun knowledge, just some cool stuff. I enjoyed it, but like I said, I didn't come out of that going, oh, I understand Tiny Tina way more now, especially her, you know, her view and, and position in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands than I, and then, then before. No, I didn't get any of that. It was just a fun interview. So I guess if you really want a fun interview, I mean, you know, it's there for you. I mean, we sound negative, but it was just a fun interview. It felt like, hey, I'm a fan of Ashley Birch. Yeah. It was, it was like if you and I got to talk to her for five minutes, like the kind of questions we would ask. Exactly. So it was perfectly fine. I enjoyed it. I don't want to come off negative on this one at all. That's not what I'm doing. It was cool. It was fun. 
It's just if you were like, oh, IGN First is covering Tiny Tina's Wonderlands this month. I'm going to get all the knowledge I can out of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. This ain't really got much for you in that regard. But with that, Eric... I think there's nothing else. There's no other news. Nope. We, we don't do keys anymore. Nope. I was fully expecting, though, to come home and in the 15 minutes before we get on, there to be some, hey, IGN has another big scoop, but I didn't see nope. one. So there's only there's only one scoop in the world, and that's that Elden Ring is already game of the year. It's 10 out of 10s everywhere. I did see one 9 out of 10, blasphemy. Ooh. But, but it's just, it's the most hyped game I've ever seen in my whole life. And apparently, it's living up to the hype. Like, it's... All the reviews. Now, see, how does Elden Ring have a 10-minute review, but Verizon has a 15-minute review for the greatest game that's ever been made? I don't think that's appropriate. IGN, you need to check yourself check before yourself. you get before wrecked you wreck by yourself. all of us. That's right. Get wrecked by everybody, okay? Elden Ring, it is out probably when you listen to this. Probably. Good. Matt does his magic and gets it out sometime tonight, and you listen to this before you go to bed tonight. That isn't true, but uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. All right, you can get this on PC uh, Xbox One S, Xbox Series S, whatever those Xbox denominations are. I don't know. Do what I always do. You can get it on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Because you can there get you it go. for all the varieties Yeah, and you can get it for the four or five. So you're right. You know what? We don't even got to talk about it. It's on those systems. You can get it. Of course, it's a From Software game. If you don't know, they've done Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Sekiro, Bloodborne. All the titles that everybody talks about. There you go. <laughs> And I got to jump in because I think, I think well, maybe we should get into it when we talk about gameplay more. Uh-huh. But everyone always says Souls-like or like Soulsborne games. Why does everybody leave out Sekiro? Why is it not Soulsborne a row? That's what it is now. Soulsborne a row games. Soulsborne because in this one, they're taking the stealth system from Sekiro. Now you can be stealthy in here. You can creep and you can stealth attack and do all that stuff. So it's officially a Soulsborne a row game. But from what I hear... The basic combat is definitely a Souls combat game and not a True. Sekiro's battle type game. So, so it's a it's a mix. I'll, I'll still give it to you, man. I'll still give it yeah. to you because and then they incorporated jump too. So that's a big. That's deal. right. Souls games yeah, don't have jump, but they got to jump in this one. That's right. I'll take it. You know what? That's what we'll call it from now on. And you can too if you want to go play this game. Of course, published by Bandai Namco, it's out and. It's ridiculous. Already, I just saw it on Twitter, Matt. They're like, the official post from Elden Ring was, hey, guys, just saying, maybe you should play us. Like 4,000 reviews of just 10 out of 10. Everybody. Everybody. I saw it as officially, or it was when I saw this, Metacritic's best-reviewed game ever. Ever. Period. It was like 97, and then somehow... Super Mario Odyssey was also 97, but this was above it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it was official. Like, it, from everything, mm-hmm. the best-reviewed game of all time. It's mind-boggling Yeah, that this game, such a niche game, because it was also mentioned on Twitter, and, you know, I'm not going to quote sources because I don't remember this stuff, but somebody brought up the fact, they said, hey, listen, okay, because people were feeling threatened. Like, well, you know, what's better, uh, uh, Horizon or, of course, Elden Ring? And it's like, listen, Horizon already sold more than all of the Souls games combined. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Horizon has its place. Horizon's great. Horizon's gonna have fun. But you, of course, you you go look over, and you know it's got what a eighty nine, I think, or something like that on Metacritic, somewhere in that range. <sighs> I don't remember. But it's like, don't worry about it. 
just because Elden Ring's over here busting out the the world's best rankings of all, your your games are still going to be okay because Elden Ring and the the Souls series, the Sekiro's, the Bloodborne's, they're all a niche series for those that love it. But it is insane being a niche series that gets this kind of love, this kind of yeah. respect, this kind of reviewing across the board. It it, it does boggle my mind seeing that such a difficult game gets such a high score from let's be honest from notorious individuals all over the media who are like oh i can't play a game on normal mode because it's too hard so like where do these individuals come out of the woodwork for these hard-ass games to score them appropriately but then for other games say i wish there was an easy mode because that's not right or whatever you know what i mean that whole argument that whole shtick seems to die from the from software games well two things i got got two different points first of all the fact that such a niche game gets such like widespread acclaim and appeal and love is that's that's one mind-boggling thing on its own because i like a lot of niche games i you know i've always said dynasty warriors and samurai warriors that's a total niche type of game if you love those games this game is a nine out of ten but if you're just average Joe Blow who doesn't care about those games, yes, you're going to give it a five or a six because you don't like it. But there are so many people that don't like Dark Souls. You know, Demon Souls, I would have given it a two out of ten when we first played it way back in the day. But it gets nines and eights and things. So that's that's mind-boggling on its own. But I think I think the answer to your question is my second point, is that I feel like the difficulty of these games is it's baked into the core of the game. Like the entire point of the game is that it's hard and you struggle and you, you kind of bash your head against it until you find what makes it tick. And like we talked about before with this enemy has this tell and you have to know in that split second, now your reaction time is this and it feels so good. Once you finally overcome that challenge, maybe that's why this game can be difficult and hard, but other games on normal have to be easy. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I 100% get what you're saying. I was hoping you'd explain that because I believe that is the case. And it's kind of the point I was driving to. I wish in the future individuals reviewing games would be in that niche, would be in that that group. You know, find, you know, hire and find individuals that are of a particular area, a particular niche and let them review these titles because this is the perfect example is everyone's busting out those individuals who love from software games to review this title and look what's happening it's getting the praise and the review respect and everything else it should instead of just the well i played this game but i typically play uh flight simulators but i got tasked with this and it's not that easy and i don't appreciate it i think it was the GameSpot review that i was watching earlier today tamar hussein yeah yeah, yeah. He, he he literally said at one part of it, yeah, you know, for some people, kind of bashing your head against this dungeon for two hours straight until you finally get it, and then just your reward is a handful of crafting items, maybe that's just not going to be for everybody. And I was like, that sounds like it's for nobody. What in the world is... But he's in that niche. He's in that lane. He said it a million times in in that review, talking about how he just loves just bashing his face into this thing's fist. 17 times but then when you finally get it it's it's worth it which i understand everything he said was like none of this rings true to me but 
I can see why, why if you love it, I mean, he's he's in that lane, so this is for him. It just makes perfect sense. And I just hope and wish that games media in general would just get on board with all this. You know, make sure you pick the right person to review your titles yeah. that you're putting out there and not just go, okay, well, this is Mario Odyssey. It's something everybody should love. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch Tiger by tell you review it. Really pay attention to all of your titles, even if it's some of the, you know, the not the triple A's, even if some of the B tiers or single A's or whatever, you know, especially for me in the RPG world, get people who love RPGs, JRPGs in specific, because Western RPGs are a whole different beast to review those. Because I love how this is turning out. Everybody's putting their hardcore souls individuals on this review. And you're seeing all these awesome awesome in-depth reviews of Elden Ring just coming out of talking about all this really cool in-depth material the beautiful world the music the just the the awe and and, and strangeness of it all of getting you know say open up a, a treasure chest getting teleported into this bizarre strange world and then having to fight their way out of it or just run out of it and being completely terrified the entire time and then just when they talk to you in the in the video review, or even if you just read the written review of their feelings on it, you can tell they're passionate, you can tell they care, you can tell that this review is actually worth watching or reading, because it's by somebody who wants to be in this world and wants to play this particular title, and that's a review, in my opinion, worth reading and worth listening to. And they, they not only want to be there, they want you to be there too, or at least to understand why they like being there. Mm. I feel like a lot of these reviews, I mean, they do mention how hard stuff is. Like I said, you know, I fought through this and I only got a handful of stuff, but you can tell how passionate they are about it and how, when they do find that reward in it, you can hear it in their voice. Like you can hear it. You can sometimes see it if they capture the right thing. I don't know. I feel like that's, it's just the best for both worlds because not only do you have people who know the material and are experts at it and know exactly what's good about it, but they can tell you what's good about it. They can share with you why it's so good, which will get more people to watch and play it. It's the best of both worlds. I said it already. Yeah, it, it literally is. And of course, me and you, we've dabbled in these games before, you know, mm -hmm. to some extent or another. It's not been for either of us per se, but both of us, Matt, have bought Elden Ring and we're both going to give this a shot because it's a Souls game, but in an open world where we get to explore and have that really cool just together, let's have some beers and just figure out what's around the corner experience. And I think this is going to be the perfect stepping stone for us to get into these titles because from what I hear, it's a lot easier playing co-op. You know, we're going to have a, good, a much more good time of it, especially since I've researched. There's 10 classes, mm -hmm. and there's ones that are, you know, more tailored to experienced players, more ones that are in line with inexperienced players. I've already researched all that, so I already know what character I'm going for. Was <laughs> it have, like, the different classes where this guy's more tiered towards spells, this guy's more tiered toward melee attacks, or big, big, strong, heavy stuff, and then mm -hmm. ones that are kind of in between. Yep, weird in between. I watched a class breakdown video today, too. Almost every other one that they got to, I went, that one sounds really cool. And then they would show them in action. I go, yeah, that looks like the one for me. And then two later, I'd go, but that one sounds like the one for me, too. I figure you're probably going to want to go Samurai. Uh, samurai is one that's supposedly decent for uh, beginners. 
not the easiest, but decent. Uh, the Confessor is one of the easiest for beginners, from what I hear. And of course, you know what I'm going for. I'm going for the Mage, the Astrologer, I believe is mm. what it's called. So now, see, I like the look of Samurai because you know you have yes. decent melee and you have the range stuff. But I, the, I love the look of the magic and like the summons and things in this mm-hmm. game. So I was definitely looking Confessor or there's the other one that's. In that video, it was like back to back. It was basically like it, but a little more magic heavy. As yeah, like there's the primary. It's the, um, not the astrologer, but it's like the, the prisoner uh, or something. Not the, the prisoner. Yeah, they but had the, the helmet dude. on their head, and it look, they were like, we're, we're real weird. The one I'm thinking about, he had like the yoke around his neck. Like oh, little, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like he's going to be uh, have his head chopped off or whatever. He starts with a finger, and then he's got a spear as yeah. a secondary. Which, yeah, yeah. from what I hear, that's not an easy and experienced one to start with. But it is heavy magic, so you'd mm. have to get a, a a steeper learning curve going. Right. From what I hear, I would hope with a spear I could poke from longer away too. So when but I but from what I hear, that... the spear is very weak. So you'll be able to poke, but you're not going to do a lot of damage. But I'm not going to want to be in melee range anyway. I'm going to yeah. want to be zapping with my little finger ring or whatever it's called. Exactly. So you know, go for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was going in between the confessor and the astrologer. Uh, mm. And the confessor, from what I hear, is like your easiest, you know, shield, yeah, yeah. you know, sword, go around, got a little bit of magic, a little bit of self heals, all that good stuff. And I'm like, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good character to start with. I can keep myself alive, kind of boom, shield, do what I need to do. But you know me, I went, nope, I got to go a mage, which is the easiest mage is the astrologer, because. From what I hear, the first few bosses, you're able to just before they even get to you, you can go ahead and mow down their HP and kill them. Mm. So you don't even have to know mechanics or do anything. And I'm like, that sounds perfect. I don't got to pay attention to what the hell this thing's doing. I just shoot firebolts at it until it's dead and we keep moving. It's great. I will say the other one that did really appeal to me when I saw it, even though I know it's going to be terrible because we're going up against bosses that are nine stories tall and have a sweep that just takes out everything in the world. Was the dual wield guy with his two oh, little scimitars, the warrior, right? And I saw it. I went, "That's exactly what I said. These games never have." And I saw him in action. And I was like, "He's, he's. I mean, he's only like that much quicker than the other ones, but it looked like what I want. Like, there's an opening, whap, 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 and then run. But then they said, you know, not much magic. And hey, you're super weak because you can't. He didn't mm-hmm. have a shield, so he had to block with his sword or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I saw him, and my eyes lit up. Maybe that'll be a, a second or third playthrough character, Eric, you know? <laughs> and that's precisely it. I'm like, there's a couple characters I want to play as, but I want to make sure I choose a very safe character uh-huh. for our first playthrough, something that everyone tells me we'll be able to get through no problem. Because <sighs> like you, I was like, man, mm-mm-mm. there's that. Oh, and the one with the whatever it is, they got the big old um, pot over their head. They look all weird with the funky eyes and everything. They're supposed to be like the super, you know, mage, like the one that goes really into uh, spell casting. Okay. I keep hearing that that's very specialized and you, you know, you need to know what you're doing to play that one. I want to do that Mm. one. I want to be casting those huge, big spells going completely bananas, but I don't want to get us killed over and over. So I'm like, all right, I'll I'll stick to the safe one, the beginner, the beginner course here. Say, I definitely want to have at least a shield. Like, even though the dude with the spear, when he had a spear, he had that little tiny buckler. Mm-hmm. It's at least something. Yeah, but yeah I, w- I want some magic. I want some, some parry abilities. I don't know how that works, but it'll be weird. It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. But what I'm looking forward to the most is what we always talk about getting on that ghost horse 
and riding around this crazy messed up world that they said, like, it feels, all the areas feel distinct, but they don't feel like here's the dividing line and somebody crafted a new piece, like a new biome over mm-hmm. here. It feels like the world smashed together and because of like tectonic plates grinding together, that's what this dividing line is. And then like they, they showed off and I think it was the IG interview, like this whole place that's just wretched and the blood red sky and rivers that are flowing with all this muck. But then you cross back over and you go back over essentially that line into this other area and it's bright and shiny and there's soldiers running around. There's actual like beautiful sunsets they were showing. You uh-huh. Catch that cliff and get the overlook right at the right time of day because there's day-night cycle, which I didn't know either. There's day-night cycle, and on top of that, there's monsters in the daytime, different monsters at nighttime, different events that happen day and nighttime. Mm-hmm. And, of course, on top of all that, they allow you to go anywhere you want. So you can go north, east, south, west. You can follow the uh, the grace lines or whatever they call them, you know, the, the, main, the main progression. Or you can go wherever you want. But the cool part is, is they let you do it. And then you experience it on your own, just like an old, like old school World of Warcraft used to do. Hey, here's the Western Plaguelands. You can go right into them. Well, guess what? That's fine. Go ahead. And then a bear, a plague bear, that's level fifty, freaking comes running at you and literally kills you on hit. It's the same in this. You're gonna go to these different areas and be like, oh no, you know, me and Matt, we want to have some beers and explore, right? Cool. But we go west. Well, the that's not particularly where you're supposed to go. You can go that way. And then all of a sudden, we're up against a hefty challenge, facing off against enemies that are probably, you know, curb stomping us in two hits. And we're like, whoa, geez, what the hell? And if you're really good at what you do, you can you can persevere and push through. Or in our case, we're going to get curb stomped and we're going to go, well, that's a great place. Let's notebook that and we're going to come back to that a different day. And from what I learned and what I love hearing is that, you know, once you level up, you can go in and you can literally, like a guy I was watching just today said, yeah, I've been going through and one-shotting bosses just like no problem because I went and leveled up my abilities and my skills and have all the new equipment and stuff. So when we do get raffle stomped by that giant plague bear out in the plague lands, eventually we're going to come back. And that bear is going to be sitting on my rug over here. Then uh-huh. that's going to feel incredible. Whether we whether we overpower and just be ridiculous, or we come back with appropriately geared and leveled, and we do still have a tough time and we still pull it off. But man, talking about exploration, the thing one of the things that I loved in the reviews that I watched is you know you can go and you can find map fragments that open up the map. But one of the reviewers said, "Oh man, I just wish it would put like all the points of interest on my map for me." I don't want that. Mm -mm. I want it to be exploring, which is what it is here, where you can look out and you can mark all these things. When we run into that plague bear, we're going to put a big old boom, giant monster, super boss thing on the map. We will literally do that ourselves, essentially take our map out and stamp it, and then we'll see that. That's our marker that we made. I love that kind of like your own physical storytelling that you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then on top of it, there's tons of micro dungeons. You know, that you're going to find, and maybe we'll be able to get to the bottom of it. We'll find out that the boss at the bottom of it's way more powerful than what we can do. And that's the same thing. Boop. You stamp it, and you go, all right, we need to come back to this, but we're just, we're just not handling this boss right right now. We get out, we go explore, and we go find some different things to do and, and level up, power up, and then come back. 
mow our way down to the end boss, boom, knock them out, and then maybe get something cool, maybe don't. Just like, you know, like as you said, the Tomorrow Saints review was, sometimes you're going to get rewarded, sometimes it's just going to be resources, you know, but you got to make the best of whatever you get and have fun along the way, and that's pretty much what this game's all about. It's just exploring this world that uh, From Software and George R. R. Martin all put together with this crazy story with these these demigods who now rule over the shards of the Elden Ring. And, of course, you're a tarnished, and you're going to go through, and you're going to find all of them, put them all back together, become the Elden Lord, and along the way experience all sorts of bad news bears. It's going to be great. <laughs> I feel like it is going to be great because I feel like this is the sweet spot. Like we said, there's it's not just my, – my memories of Demon Souls are you go down the hallway and you're just miserable. So if you didn't want to go down this hallway, what? guess what you do? You go back to the hub world and you go down that hallway. Here, hey, here's a hallway you can go down. We don't want to go down that one. We want to get on our ghost horse and just roam out there. We're going to go, what's that weird castle in the distance? We're going to find out what that whole area is about because we're going to ride all the way out there. And then like we kind of said before the show, I've been into roguelikes lately, which is just... That is just you run and you beat your head against stuff until you are good enough to get past it or you upgrade yourself enough to do it. It's the perfect sweet spot for this to come about. I love exploration. I love finding stuff out. And apparently right now, I love hard fights and doing the same thing a lot of times until I'm good enough for it. It's it's the perfect time for this to come out. I'm excited. And I love medieval worlds, and I love HP Lovecraftian baddies, and I love George R. R. Martin's storytelling, and I just I love this exploration, as you said. So maybe this is this is what happens, Matt. Maybe you're gonna love it. And of course, this is co-op, as you know. You probably tell since me and Matt have been talking about how we're gonna play together. It's one to four player co-op, but you don't just get to invite them. You do have to find some easy ingredients while you're in game so if you got a night where you're gonna plant your buddy make sure to go in get some flowers you got to harvest from the very first area and then you're gonna be able to play together it's not super easy but it's not completely complicated and difficult just want to give a heads up that it isn't isn't like at the start screen i just invite you and we go play together and once you do invite someone for co-op then you are open for invasions and things but we haven't really mentioned too if you don't know about these souls games if you do want to just play solo you can just do that. You can leave yourself not open for invasion or assistance, which I think is important because when you think about these games, at least what I do, I don't think about like friends popping up and helping. I think about enemies popping up and attacking me, and then they get to regain their stuff on their end of, or mm-hmm. whatever it traditionally was. So if you do just want to play solo and not get invaded and stuff, you can literally just do that. It's It's no problem. There's nothing you have to like... You don't have to turn off your router or anything like that. It's just built in. You don't have to worry about it if you don't want to. Yeah. So you get to go on this playing the way you want to play in general for the most part. So I encourage you to do so if you're new to these games. Maybe get a friend like me and Matt are going to do and, and Shay if he gets in on board with this. Who knows? We'll find out in time. Because what I hear, it's a lot easier if you do have several of you playing together. But, of course, from also from what I hear, if you're playing solo, this is one of the tougher uh, from software games. So, hey, you know what? Get in there and check it out. Just check it out. Who knows? Definitely check it out. We're checking it out. And we're the people who hate these games the most. And we're actually, we're we're literally sold on this one. Yep, we have gonna do put it. forth the money. It's preloaded on my I'll console. I'll say it's right already now. on my console, ready to go. <laughs> so, 
you out there in podcast listener land, you should at least check out the reviews. Check out the, well, gosh, the 10-minute review. The I've seen ones that are like 40 minutes of people talking about it. See if it's for you, and then let us know. If it was for you, if it's not for you, if you just want to hear more of our stories, let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us on Facebook. We are over there hanging out, chilling out. We're also on Patreon, chilling out, where you can throw in the one buck, two buck, three bucks, any kind of bucks, all the bucks, even the million bucks, which in that case, we're going to open up a food lion store and it's going to be fantastic. The world's going to change for us. Probably it's going to actually go really wrong because as I keep telling Matt, if this happens, it's probably going to take a million bucks just to get this damn thing up and running. And then we're going to be broke trying to run this store and we're going to all fail. And then I'm going to have to take this knife and hurt myself. I don't know. It's a weird world it could be. It's like the From Software of real life. Yeah. Now here, you, you've got this thing. Now go try and figure out what to do with it. Exactly. I don't know what to do with it's it. It's wild. But you could do it. You could do it. Or just be safe and throw a few bucks our way. You know, like what we're doing. It's a little tip jar. Helps keep Podbean happy. Keeps all of our little products all nice and updated. So that way we can sound crisp and clear and freaking awesome for all of you listening. But... If you can't, there's other ways to support us, like Spotify, giving us those five-star ratings, going to iTunes, giving us five-star ratings, throwing in mailbag questions, all those wonderful things, all the interaction helps us out, makes us feel great, and we appreciate every last bit of it. Absolutely, we do. And of course, we appreciate you listening to the very next episode, which will be dropping on March 3rd on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We do indeed appreciate it. Just like we appreciate those five-star reviews on the iTunes or Spotify now. It's such a wonderful thing. Go over there and do it, please. And thank you so very much. And with that, there's nothing else to say, but... Don't forget to say... Shut up and sit down.